Happy Thursday morning and welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm Sage Miller, your host for the week. If you're a Utahan who lives along the Wasatch Front, you're pretty familiar with Inversion, the smoggy, hazy air that just suffocates the western metropolis. But Inversion isn't the only air problem experienced in Utah. Environmental reporter Brian Maffley joins The Daily Buzz to talk about high ozone levels in northern Utah. Salt Lake City is known for its air quality problems, especially the inversions during the winter, but there's another air quality problem which Salt Lake has, and that's high ozone levels. The high ozone levels in northern Utah have been a point of contention between the state and the EPA. Here to talk about the problem is Brian Maffley. Brian, thank you for talking today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Grant. Yeah, yesterday, uh, Tuesday, that is, there was a pretty important development in the ozone story for Utah uh, concerning the EPA's findings. The Environmental Protection Agency, you know, concluded that Utah has not made sufficient progress in the northern Wasatch Front concerning reducing ozone levels. So they've kind of upgraded the level of non-attainment in the Salt Lake City area from what's called marginal to moderate. And basically, it's it's going to require the state to come up with new measures and a new plan for reducing ozone. Interestingly, for the southern part of the Wasatch Front, uh, the EPA's concluded that the ozone levels are in compliance with the federal standards, which are happen to be 70 parts per billion. So where does the southern part of the Wasatch Front start? It's basically Utah County South, and the northern is Salt Lake County North, so that, but that would include uh, Davis and Weber counties. What is ozone and what does it do to human health? Well, ozone's an oxygen molecule. It's extremely reactive and it forms in the atmosphere when pollutants from all sorts of different sources react chemically with sunlight. And so that's why in the summertime, we have our worst ozone levels. In the Uinta Basin, which also is out of attainment for ozone, it happens in the winter for reasons that aren't very well understood. But in Salt Lake, the, the, the tricky thing here is, you know, Utah has done pretty well reducing the amount of emissions that come out of our homes, our vehicles. And as a result, our particulate pollution uh, in the winter has improved somewhat in the last 10 years. It's reflected in the data. But for some reason, those benefits aren't translating to the ozone levels in the summer. And Folks don't really have a good understanding of why that is. And so last year, uh, the state tried to convince the EPA that, hey, these ozone levels in northern Utah aren't from necessarily coming from emissions that we have any control over, but are being blown in from the West as far away as from Asia. Well, yesterday, the EPA announced that it really wasn't accepting that argument. What the state wanted was some, you know, some leeway here on meeting the ozone standard. So, nope, that's not going to happen. They have to meet the same standard as everybody else in the United, you know, in, in the country. And that's going to result in the state implementing stronger measures to reduce emissions at some point. There was a survey a couple of months ago from Silicon Slopes, and they said that the number one concern of businesses in Utah was the air quality. Yeah, well, you know, I think this is also relevant to the to the gravel pit controversies as well, that Utah's economic growth and ability to attract, you know, the high quality employees that are needed in the tech sector 
really depends on doing better about uh, improving its air quality. And that's not to say that improvements haven't been made. It's just that there's more work to be done, especially on the, when it comes to ozone. Brian Maffley, thank you for talking to us. Thanks, Brian. Check out his full story at sltrib.com. Next, Intermountain Healthcare is merging with SCL Health. Together, they will create one of the largest nonprofit health systems in the country. Reporter Dayton Olander spoke with Intermountain CEO Dr. Mark Harrison and former Utah Governor Michael Levitt, who is the new chair of Intermountain's Board of Trustees, about what the merger will mean for Utahns. Earlier this month, Intermountain Healthcare, which is the largest hospital system in the state of Utah, reached a goal they've been working toward for years now. They completed a merger with an out-of-market healthcare system named SEL Health, bringing eight additional hospitals and 160 new clinics under the Intermountain umbrella. The merger makes them the 11th largest nonprofit health system in the entire country. Intermountain has long wanted to expand its reach across the U.S., and with this merger, they gain clinics or hospitals in four additional states, namely Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, and Kansas. In speaking with Intermountain leaders, they told me the decision wasn't really about the money, though they do need to run at a surplus to remain sustainable, but rather spreading their value-based brand of healthcare around the United States. President and CEO of Intermountain, Dr. Mark Harrison, told me, and I quote, here in Utah, we are very fortunate to live in a healthy state with good health care that is, relatively speaking, affordable. Not many people in the country can say that. And the more we can learn to further that, and the more we can drive that movement across the United States, I think the better it is for Americans. End quote. He also said the merger will be a good thing for Utah in the long run, specifically referencing continued investment in digital and telehealth, but that he doesn't expect Utahns to see any drastic changes right away. And that's your sneak peek. You can read Dayton's story online later this week. Now, meet the first baby to have surgery in Utah while still inside the womb. While Alicia Keyworth was pregnant, she discovered her daughter, Abigail Rose, had spina bifida. So doctors decided to operate. Medical providers from Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital and the University of Utah Health performed Utah's first in utero fetal surgery last April on Abigail Rose and Alicia. Woman's Issue reporter and Report for America Corp member Becky Jacobs caught up with Keyworth and her nearly one-year-old daughter, Abigail Rose. See how mom and baby are doing now by reading Becky's story at sltrip.com. And that's it for today. You can find new episodes of The Daily Buzz on your favorite podcast app. Today's episode was edited by me, Sage Miller. And a big shout out to Salt Lake City's band, The Pelicans, for our music. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you.